Paprika. Paprika. <laughs> Paprika. It's spicy. Welcome to We Should Know Better, the podcast where we hitchhike our way through Wikipedia. I am your host tonight, Tim, and with me, as always, are my intrepid co-hosts. I'm Kyle. And I'm Sky. If you are new to this podcast, what we do is we start on a page of Wikipedia, and using the links uh, in each article, we race to a destination page. So tonight, uh, Sky and Kyle are going to be starting on the page of a man who basically fell into wealth despite being a uh, not very intelligent man. Great. Uh, Mr. Timothy Dexter. I was going to say, could I, can I guess? But there's a lot. There's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of uh, a options there. Tales, tale as old as time. <laughs> and we are going to end with a spice that is always a smart idea to oh, add to any yeah. dish. Paprika. Paprika? Paprika. Oh, paprika. Paprika. Just paprika. 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 Paprikorn. Yeah. Okay. Uh, So yeah, Timothy Dexter to paprika. Paprika. Papa. Papa. Rika. We're spinning out. We're spinning out. Pull it back. Yep. So to decide who goes first tonight, uh, I have rigatone devised a little game. Artist name. (laughs) Uh, I have yeah. asked each of you beforehand to come up with a food idea that is so ridiculous and unnecessary and just not good thinking that it is bound to make you millions of dollars. I, I am ready to go on this. Let's hear it, Me Kyle. Too. Okay, so so Tim, uh, you know, I, I initially thought, my, my first thought here was that I wanted to go with like, fruit that was shaped like other foods uh because you know that there are ways you know as i was looking this up you can mold fruit as it's growing into different shapes uh Mm -hmm. there are people who take like uh you know different types of apples or or other things and like put them inside a little casing and then when you open it it's a it's a it's different shape it's still the same food but it's a completely different shape and it seems weird but i feel like people would pay for that but of course that already exists so, Tim, what I was thinking tonight is, you know, what if we took the experience of, like, uh, what if we take the experience of, like, a, a fruit that's not quite natural uh, and mix it with a the experience of, like, that, that really satisfying feeling of, you know, those chocolate oranges that people get sometimes and, and you, like, smack them on something yeah, and they like, yeah. break apart? Mm-hmm. So, what if we bioengineer some fruit not to be in different shapes, but instead when you hit it on a thing, break into smaller shapes of fruit. Oh. So you take this apple, see, and you hit it on a table and it breaks into like four smaller apples. You t- oh, not like it breaks into slices, it breaks into small so, apples. So you, no, you're going, not. you're essentially going for like the old cartoon trope of like the character getting smacked with a hammer and turning into four smaller versions of the character <laughs> that run around like crazy until they all run into each other again and reform into the main shape. Yes. That's very now, interesting. Now, okay, so take this, and I, I've been calling it just tentatively like fractured fruit, but take, mm-hmm. take this idea. So apples are great. That's fine. That, but that's like a really normal shape. 
Like it's you know very easy and round. That's that's it's easy to do. But I mean, what about uh, think about it in terms of like I don't know a pineapple. Like if you take a pineapple and you smack that against the table and you end up with like five small pineapples, that's a whole different thing, right? Yeah. Um, okay. Pina colada but, waiting to happen. <laughs> several but, pina coladas. But Kyle. Yes. Is is there a way to actually get into that pineapple and eat it? Or is I mean, every time you try to cut into it or break it, it just open, it's small. just going to keep making just smaller small. pineapples? Yeah. Just, no, he's chewing he... it. It's just... Yeah. Oh, my see, God. It's just mouthful of apples. See, in my notes, in my notes I, could not figure out, I couldn't figure out a way around this, Tim. There's got to be a way. But, that is... uh, but no, it just keeps making smaller and smaller and smaller ones. That is a horror story. <laughs> But, I mean, this could be an easy way to actually live out that meme of why can't I hold all these limes? Mm-hmm. And they that just could... keep breaking up. <laughs> That's true. Ooh, the tighter you hold um, on to these limes, the more limes you have. The, the more they slip through your fingers. But, yeah, I think people would pay for that. Um, all right. Okay, Sky, What what is your idea? <laughs> What's the worst question to be asked? What's your favorite food? Hamburger or hot dog? Oh my gosh. Why not both? <laughs> no. <laughs> right? No, you're at a cookout, hamburger or hot dog, it's like, ah, well, I guess I want both and then you get then you get one, you know, you're eating a hamburger, you're eating a hot dog. It takes a while. It's a long time. <laughs> but oh, and if you're if you're the host, it's worse cuz then it's like, how many hot dogs do I get? How many hamburgers oh, yeah. do I get? You know, it's like you're you're going to run out of one and then people are going to be like, "Can I have a hot dog?" And, well, we only have hamburgers. It's the worst. So you just combine them, okay? Imagine a patty with a hot dog running through it, all right? It's like you have a hot dog, and you form a patty around the hot dog. It's not a ball. It's just like you also squish it. So it's like, a, it's like you know, imagine imagine a, like a 3D game space where you just put a patty over a hot dog. Did you, you know? just clap your hands together? Yes, and it like clips over them. Cool. Easy enough, right? Perfect. All right. So I had to think about the. Bu- I was thinking about the bun all day. Okay. Mm. So the bun is is <laughs> there's a hot. Dog. <laughs> it's really just a hamburger part. Okay. Bottom bun, regular hamburger, right? Okay. But it, then it then it has these appendages mm-hmm. that, that just go out and then form form hot dog, right? So like, <laughs> hmm, just become like a become like a hot dog bun. And then the top bun is just like a, like a, a a hamburger bun, right? And you're holding it, and it's just like great. And it's you can eat, you can combine, you you get the best of you get the best of four worlds because you're <laughs> well three. There's three worlds you're eating. You're eating the hat. <laughs> you're getting a you're you're getting parts that are just the hot dog. You can just eat the ends, and it's hot dog. You're getting the patty, um, you know, on the sides of the hot dog, and then in the middle. You're going to be biting and getting both pieces. Incredible. Of, all right. Mm. What do I call this? What? I want to know. The hot damn burger. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's a hot dog hamburger. It's the hot damn burger. <laughs> oh, gosh. I have not Googled this because I'm sure it, ex- it has to exist. <laughs> hot damn <laughs> Hmm. Well, let's just Google this right now. <laughs> did you <laughs> did you mean hot hot hamburger? Um, 
Introducing the hot damn burger. <laughs> yep, they already did it. JasonCody.com. Oh my so, gosh. Blog URL. It's a blogspot thing. So, so oh, I, I had asked gosh. each of you to come up with a, a foolish idea that would bring you mi- millions. Right. Um, it is obvious now that the question is, who's created the greater abomination to God? <laughs> <laughs> That's the question. And in that sense... I'm going to have to go with Kyle this time. Oh, yeah. Just the thought of an nice. indestructibly smaller yeah. and smaller uh, food. It's actually kind of making me very anxious. <laughs> exactly. It is just, it just is terrifying. at the mouth with tiny, like, <laughs> apples. You try, you, <laughs> you try to eat a banana? That takes hours. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, you know, just peeling and peeling and peeling. Forever. It is the um, it's it's the uh, marathon uh, paradox. <laughs> you're always you're always you're always like halfway to the goal, but never quite reaching it because it's <laughs> right. always halfway the next time. Oh my god! So yeah, that was that was frankly terrifying, Kyle. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so yes, uh, Timothy Dexter is our oh my first gosh. stop tonight. So this, I. There's a I, lot I, of stories in this article that oh, really I am not sure I can take all of them at face value. Okay. Because some of them just sound so ridiculous <laughs> that oh, I think boy. they might be like tall tales. But it's it's hard to tell. This, this is admittedly not the most airtight sourced page on Wikipedia. Oh, I can't wait. I, I want to say, as I initially clicked on this uh, page I, I read the first line and misread it by accident as timothy dexter uh was an american businessman noted for his writing and electricity but it says eccentricity yeah <laughs> he had he had lightning powers yeah it's yeah, how yeah. he uh it's how he got his his uh earnings so the first thing i want to talk about is his picture here this etching of timothy dexter in his mm. napoleonic hat with tassels <laughs> Yes, oh, yep, the we caption should... is Lord Timothy Dexter, and oh. Lord is in quotes. Yeah. <laughs> we should we should say that this man lived from 1747 to 1806. There, there are no actual photographs of this man. Oh, yes, of course. He lived to the age of 59. Okay, all right. Dexter was born in Maiden, was Maiden in the province of Massachusetts Bay. He had little schooling and worked as a farm laborer until the age of eight. When he was 16, oh, at the age of eight, sorry. When he was 16, he became an apprentice to a leather dresser. That's just a, that's just a thing. It's a dominatrix. Yeah, that's what I'm reading. No. Oh, wow. That's cited to the Reader's Digest book of strange stories and amazing facts. Ooh. Great. <clears throat> uh, in 1769, nice. He moved to Newbury uh, Port, Massachusetts. He married 32, oh, this is a great name. 32-year-old Elizabeth Frothingham. Frothingham. Oh, man. Frothingham. Shall we we all just give our best, you know, like the the most British Frothingham we can in in, on three? One, two, three. Frothingham. 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 Great. A rich widow uh, and bought a mansion. Also a good fake food to make millions off. (laughs) Frothingham. (laughs) Is that... Is that like a hot cocoa type thing? Or is I think it... so. Okay. Yeah, that's where my mind went. Imagining like a piece of ham 
<laughs> like bent into yeah. a weird milk drink. Oh, <laughs> okay. so good. <laughs> Salty and sweet. Uh, some of some of his social contemporaries considered him unintelligent. His obituary considered, quote, his intellectual endowments not being of the most exalted stamp. Not cool. end quote, according to this, I guess. Mm-hmm. Just that quote just keeps going. Uh, but it's cited twice, so who are we to question it? At the end of the American Revolutionary War, he bought large amounts of depreciated continental currency that was worthless at the time. After the war was over, the U.S. government made good on its notes at 1% face value, while Massachusetts paid for its own notes at par. By the time trade connections had resumed, he had amassed a fortune. Uh, 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 Dubious. Yeah. uh, Wikipedia here says, dubious. Discuss. Uh, He built two ships and then began an export business to the West Indies and to Europe. Citation needed. Um, Okay. This sounds like the beginning of a story that was forwarded to me (laughs) in a chain email by an aunt. Uh, sorry, I looked, so I clicked on, like, dubious disgust to see yeah. what they were discussing about this. Yes. And they're like, lack of credible re- references, lacks to shady, and links to shady sh- sites, to say the least. They speak <laughs> badly for themselves. Also, what is a large idiot? <laughs> is that a philosophical well, question? I was going to say, that's actually a pretty deep, what's a, what is a large idiot? How do you measure? An, this you know, person like, just says... Can yeah, there but be shit's pretty amusing, yo. Can there be can there be an idiot so large that it ceases to be idiotic? Right. If your idiocy composes a high enough percentage of the universe, is that idiocy not just natural law? <laughs> I I mean Please yes. please follow my next TED talk. Uh, okay, so apparently he he did oh. some weird stuff. Uh, in terms of like what? Oh, sorry, Sky. What what do you have? I there's just this great one where it's like warning at top proposed for deletion. Timothy Dexter may not be as notable as George Washington, but he certainly meets qualifications for no for notability on Wiki. He is a regional New England historical figure, oh, albeit boy. rather minor. Whoever cited this article as not notable is uh, probably not from New England and probably did not check additional sources <laughs> not cited in this article. While there are quote-unquote shady sites that are used as references to him here in this article, there are others, as well as books, including his own, great, oh. <laughs> uh, which are credible. He is the he is at the least notable to history of New <laughs> Newburyport as a very successful <laughs> merchant and eccentric. So your argument is he's minorly notable in a specific region for having money, yeah, <laughs> and being weird, yeah. That's that sounds like that sounds about it. Uh, it is. It's popping off in that discussion there. Oh man, nobody knows when he was born or when he died. <laughs> well, wild. I mean, it says it right here, though. He does have um, a gravestone. So uh, they talk about his business sense here as being peculiar. They give a couple examples. One being, <clears throat> he was advised to send warming pans used to heat sheets in the cold New England winters for sale to the West Indies, a tropical area. This advice was a deliberate ploy by other businessmen to get him bankrupted. So how do we how do we see that playing out, guys? Uh, this what? this this idiot goes to other business people. It's like, uh, what I, what do I do? How do I how do I business? 
And they're like, oh, this nouveau, nouveau riche, uh, well, uh, this is how you, this is what you should be selling. Take these pans and these warming pans and send them to the tropics. They're a sure sale. Uh, and apparently he went along with that. According to this, though, his captain sold them as ladles for the local molasses industry and made a good profit, according to Great. an unreliable source, according to Wikipedia. <laughs> Uh, next, De- Dexter sent wool mittens to the same place, to the tropics. Ah, how how funny that must have been. Oh, but Asian mer- merchants bought them for export to Siberia, so this guy couldn't couldn't lose for winning. And again, that's I guess. cited that's cited in Margaret Nicholas's The World's Greatest Cranks and Crackpots. Great, great. We're really struggling <clears throat> here. I would really like to note here. That uh, in the little uh, in the box, uh, like the little info box toward the uh, on the right side of the page, it has uh, occupation businessman, and then known for absurd business luck. That that's yep. placed in the same place as if you were looking at a wiki for like I don't know Superman for where it would normally list like heat vision. So take that as you will, I guess. Hmm. Um, anyway, uh, he, he exported Bibles to the East Indies and stray cats, to the Caribbean islands, and again, made a profit. Missionaries were in need of the Bibles, were they? And the Caribbean welcomed a solution to the rat infestation. Well, that didn't work out. Cause right? they, you know, cause they didn't have cats. No. And, and, and I mean, no place has ways to deal with rats natively. Um, he How also hoard whalebone by mistake. You know, uh... he hoarded whalebone <laughs> by mistake, but ended up selling them probably as a support material. Well, you know, process. you know how you know when Oops. you have you know when you have a whale, yeah, yeah, as and you you're do. like, and you're like, okay, I'm gonna save all like the ambergris and all the good stuff right. of the whale. Stuff. I'm gonna yeah. put it in this bucket, and all the bones yeah. and crap I'm gonna put in this bucket, and then you go out to take the trash, and oops. You threw away the good stuff. Oh no! And I just have the bones. Oops, all all bones. Oops, all whalebone. <laughs> I just yeah, I, I'm just enjoying the idea of. I, I understand why he is a local hero in that. Oh wow! How, what must it be like to have a uh, have a hero who can't who just can't fail? He's too yeah. Too... <laughs> New New England has never known anyone like that. Never. Brady. Uh, wow. Whoa, Tim. That's a that's a coffee got there. Mm-hmm. Uh, members of the New England High Society rarely socialized with him. Dexter decided to buy a huge house in Newburyport from Nathaniel Tracy, a local socialite, and tried to emulate them. <sighs> I see. That this that that's just patently depressing, but also I'm enjoying the idea of him like sending people out to get like sketches of this dude and be like, all right, so how does he sit? All right, so but but when he talks, does does his voice go up at the end or is it like straight for you know like? I'm sorry, I'm just really enjoying that that specific joke of an idea. Um, his relationships with his wife, daughter, and son also suffered great. Okay. <clears throat> What? Whoa, okay, I did not read ahead. This became yep. evident when he started telling visitors that his wife had died. Yep. Oh, despite it, the fact that... Huh? It gets worse. 
that she was still alive and that the woman who... Whoa! Okay. The woman who frequented the building was simply her ghost. In one notable episode, Dexter faked his own death to see how people would react. No no other details on how he faked his own death. How that worked out for him. How he pulled a... uh, Oh, which was that Odysseus that did that? Um, uh, maybe I had Tom Sawyer. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I guess he didn't. He didn't fake his own death. No. <laughs> <laughs> About three thousand people attended Dexter's mock wake. Uh, Dexter did not see his wife cry, and after he revealed, oh my gosh, after he revealed the hoax, he caned her for not grieving his death sufficiently. Okay, this guy sucks. Yep. This guy's a bad guy. Also, He's how just... you're not going to be seeing your wife die if you're pretending to be dead. Your eyes are going to be closed. <sighs> Unless it's an open-eye funeral. <laughs> Very rare, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, don't, they don't do those these days. So he wrote I a... Ma- I imagine it was a he wrote a, cast, he wrote a book, apparently. Yeah, that's um, what it all he, is based he had, on. He had two great titles... They couldn't decide which one he wanted, so he put them both in. Uh, his piece is called A Pickle for the Knowing Ones or Plain Truth in a Homespun Dress. I hate this. Yep. In which he complained about politicians, the clergy, and his wife. Mm-hmm. The book contained 8,847 8, words. What? Why? why is that? Why? Why do they tell us that? Because. And 333,864 What is wrong with letters. this person? Why is he blessed? But without, <laughs> but without punctuation and seemingly random capitalization, why? He initially handed it out for free, and it became popular, and he, and was reprinted eight times. Oh, I've heard this story though. In the second edition, Dexter added an I extra page of that an extra page that consisted of thirteen lines of punctuation with the instructions that readers could distribute them as they pleased. Uh, wow. Well, I guess I did know who this person was. Great. Dexter's Newburyport house became a hotel. Storms ruined most of his statues. Thank God. Uh, the only identified survivor of that... Wait, what? See, he, he built a bunch of statues at his home of famous people. Oh, like I Napoleon and William Pitt, Thomas Jefferson, and then one of himself next to them all. Okay, I thought yeah. they were all him, so nope. that would have been yeah. Okay, great. His book remains his primary legacy to this day. Great. Yeah. Well. Oh boy, uh, I am really struggling to find where I'm going to go to get to <laughs> Paprika. Time <laughs> to get to Paprika. We need we need to we need to find out how this is pronounced. <laughs> um, all right. See, here's a couple things that I think will will get me there, but I don't want to click any of them because racism. So, I'm thinking I I think that it might be fun to click uh, eccentricity, and okay. that's that has that involves some spice to life thing that might get me to something that i might be able to play with i'm doing that sure wow we're doing hard mode mm-hmm. uh avoiding, Listen, raci- Listen, <laughs> avoiding <Scott>. racism <laughs> uh yeah that limits this page huh uh i'm 
I'm going to click on cats. Oh, fantastic. Wow. Clicked on cat. I'm so sad it's not the musical. Mm. All right. Eccentricity. Also called well, this, quirkiness. This was a bad idea. Eccentricity mm-hmm. uh, is, an un- is unusual or odd behavior in the, on the part of an individual. This behavior would typically be perceived as unusual or unnecessary without being de- demonstrably, demonstrably maladaptive. Eccentricity is contrasted with normal behavior. Heavy quotes there that should be there, uh, mm-hmm. Wikipedia, but uh, not not in this not in this draft. The nearly universal means by which individuals in society solve given problems and pursue certain priorities in everyday life. That's not a thing. People who consistently display benignly eccentric behavior are labeled as quote unquote eccentrics. Period. Outside the quotes. Uh, mm-hmm. so, sorry, that just. It's just, yeah. Anyway, um, oh boy, uh, the word just means off center. Um, whoa, it, that it first appeared as a a, a neologism, neologism. I can never say that word correctly. As an astronomical term meaning a circle in which the Earth, Sun, or etc. deviates from its center. So you're just out of orbit, is what that means. I that's kind of nice. That. I like that. Yeah. I don't, I don't i don't i don't dislike that one uh their big thing is that um it's often it's often associated with genius intellectual giftedness or creativity because your your mind is so original that it can't be conformed to societal norms that's right is what is what it says normal is dumb yeah uh there's a quote here <laughs> what does it say um from John Stuart Mill saying uh, he mourned a lack of eccentricity as quote the chief danger of the time because because there aren't enough weird people you know because they're the smart ones anyway yeah there's a couple notes in here that they can be linked quote unquote uh, to um, autism of course and uh, being on that spectrum uh and uh, yeah, there's also a weird note here that extravagance is a kind of eccentricity related to abundance and wastefulness. Uh, I mean, that's not that's not the same thing. I, th- I think people are kind of conflating eccentricity with being rich. Yeah, and just being yeah. wasteful. Yes, mm-hmm. and not not understanding it. the usefulness of of everyday life. Yes. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> Psychologist David Weeks believes people with a mental illness suffer from their behavior, while eccentrics are quite happy because they're usually <laughs> rich. Wow. Probably. So, all right. I was hoping to get like a, I don't know. I was looking for something that might reference some kind of spice or something like that. Um, didn't really get what I was after. However, there's creativity on here. <laughs> Attention seeking. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Popular culture is in here. Mm-hmm. There's a person named Vermin Supreme. Oh my gosh, I know who that is. Um, ran for president. Uh, oh, that's right. Yep. Uh, let's see. There's a link here to Fish Out of Water, which is interesting. But I don't think it's going to get me what I want. You can put spice on fish that are out of water. <laughs> the spice will stay. Actually... 
Actually, you try yeah, to put say, spice actually, on a fish that's in water, it just <laughs> spreads in the water. It doesn't work. Yeah, you can only put spice on a fish out of water. Yeah. That's the only way you can do it. If you try, you know what happens when you try to put spice in a fish in water? What happens, Tim? Marinade. <laughs> Uh, you're just you're just spreading spice on the water you're like i'll I'll be back for this later mm-hmm. <laughs> i'll come back for you later you stay right here in this spice <laughs> you stay in this spice cloud <laughs> uh oh boy uh well <laughs> i think i might have to go with um oh wow howard hughes is on here because of course it is or of course he is fictional characters Ah, I, I I did. Creativity is on here, and I think I might be able to get to like cooking from there. There you go. So yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go to creativity. Okay. Okay, Sky. Uh, cat. Cool. The cat page does not disappoint. Oh, um, good. The main photo here is a collage. It's a montage of cat pictures using images from Wikimedia creators. Oh boy. So it's just all these cat. Would it surprise you that Wikipedia editors all have all have cats and want want to show you them? <laughs> no, no, not yeah. no. That's good because this entire page, you know how like a yeah. normal Wikipedia page, there's like a smattering oh, no. of, of pictures on the on the right. Yeah, there is like one. The first like three paragraphs, there aren't any. And then it is just constant pictures the entire way down until you get even like past some of the references. Oh it's just gosh. pictures of cats. Pictures of cats. It's like cool. I'm not complaining. Y'all, that sounds amazing. No, you, are, you know, are, we all know cats. There are 32 images on this page. Uh, incredible. It's wild. Um, cats, you know, they're they're there. They got quick reflexes, sharp teeth, retractable claws. We all know. Um, they can have litters, uh, two to five kittens. Sure, communications and <laughs> hold on, includes what? Bo- <laughs> only five kittens? Like only up to five kittens? Is that it? And never just one? Yeah, apparently. Wow. Sorry, that, that uh, just seems wild to me. Cat communication includes vocalizations like meowing, purring, trilling, <laughs> hissing, growling, and grunting. As well as cat-specific body language. I'm sorry. Hold on. Hold up. Hold up. One of these um, uh, images is a video of experiments conducted on cats in zero gravity. Yes. Oh, no. To see, like, because they, their writing instinct, right? Like, they're how cats always fall on their feet. Like they wanted to see what will happen if you put them in zero G space. Oh no. Yeah. Um, and it's great. Uh, it's not great for the cats, but yeah, I'm going to watch this now and just see what this is to describe. Oh, they just, they just drop them. (laughs) Yeah. they... They just try their best. Yeah. They, they, yes, they, they move mid air. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! These poor cats. Why would you put them back in the air? Stop that! Then they try to use pigeons. They're just like bat. They're just like volleyballing these poor cats. Oh my gosh! He pushed them with his foot. Oh my gosh! The pigeons. No! <laughs> Stop this right now! Why would uh, you do this? 
Stop laughing at them, you guys. Oh my gosh. Oh, that made me feel so upset. All right. I have much I have something that's much better to share with you though. Oh great. Uh do you guys know um do you guys know what sound uh, I mean you you list all those other sounds that animals make, right? Or that cats I did. specifically. Uh do you guys know what sound a, a cheetah makes? Oh yeah. Uh I do not. Well, I'm going to send this to you right here and uh prepare to have your mind blown. <laughs> It's very high pitched. It's very weird. <laughs> Tim, if it's you can like... just describe what you hear. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting. <laughs> it's just a uh... like a little puppy. Just a little, yeah, just a little. Yeah, they they squeak. Yeah. Uh, that's actually not a great video of that one, but. Yeah, they they make like bird bird chirps a lot. Actually, it's it's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk about tongues? Ooh. Uh, the cat's tongue has backward facing spines, um, which are called papillae. Papillae. Paprika. It's paprika. They contain keratin. I l l a e. Yeah, they change keratin. They which have, makes them rigid. They have little tiny fingernails on their tongues. Yep. That's so the papile acts like a hairbrush. Sometimes they regurgitate hairballs of fur because of this grooming. Uh, these clumps of fur are usually sausage shaped and about no. two to three centimeters long. Oh, man. Uh,. There's a whole thing on fighting here. <laughs> Among domestic cats, males are most likely to fight than females. It's a bad time. Um, let's go back up. I want to talk to the, about the etymology. Origin of the English word cat. Old English cat is thought to be the late Latin word catus, which is the first use at the beginning of the 6th century. It was suggested that the word catus is derived from the Egyptian precursor of, of, of Coptic. Um Sow, sow, which means tomcat, or its feminine form uh, suffix with a T. Oh, uh, yeah, there's kadiska, which means wildcat, and caddis, okay. which uh, are <laughs> Nubian and Nobin words. Okay. Um, yeah, it may be loaned from Arabic. Uh, it is equally likely that the forms might derive from an ancient uh, Germanic word imported into Latin and thence to Greek and to uh, Syriac and Arabic. The word may be derived from Germanic and Northern European languages and ultimately be borrowed from Uralic. So this is an old-ass word. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Northern Sami Godfi, female stoat, and Hungarian Hungarian, Hulgi stoat. Wait, they're just calling it a... Uralic Kadwa. That's just a female. Female mm. of a furred animal. Yeah, that's pretty Great. much what they're saying. Good. The English puss, extended to pussy or pussycat, is attested from the 16th century and may have been introduced from Dutch pose or from low German puskati. <laughs> puskati. Related to Swedish catapus or Norwegian oh, no. puss. Puskat. 
Uh, similar forms exist in Lithuanian pusi and <laughs> Irish pushin or pushkin. Pushin. The etymology of this world is unknown, but it may have simply arisen from a sound used to attract a cat. Wow. Which means they were able to get cats to, to actually come to them when they when they called. Uh, yeah, a male cat is called a tom or tomcat. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, an unspayed female is called a queen, which I've never heard. Wow. Uh, Whoa. A no. juvenile cat is a kitten. So, yeah. Uh, well, man, the word in, in early modern English, the word kitten was interchangeable with the now obsolete word catling. <laughs> I really wish catling was still around. <laughs> That's very good. Oh. What's a group of cats called? Um, you guys it, know one of these, probably. Please tell me it's a caboodle. <laughs> Search of the sea, it's called a clouder. Oh, yeah, 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 a clouder of cats. I've heard that. Or a glaring, which yeah. is real good. Yeah, that makes that's, sense. That, yeah, that's accurate. That's perfect. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff here. Um, these picture descriptions are wild. Uh, domestic cat with dilated pupils, <laughs> reflection of camera flash from <laughs> from the tapium lucidium, which is like their eye, you know, their eyelid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. One's just a cat skull. Like they're just like everyone loves these cats. Um, superstitions here. Let's see. Um, black cat crossing one's path. Sure. <sighs> or that witches familiars are there. Um, or that their witches familiars. Killing of the cats in medieval times is bad. Yeah. Um, there's just some other bad things here that I don't want to mention. Right, right. Uh, cats have multiple lives. Believe to have nine lives. But in Italy, Gre- Germany, Greece, Brazil, and some Spanish-speaking regions, they are said to have seven lives. Oh. So I have a couple choices here. Yeah, mm-hmm. lots of choices. I was like, well... You know what I can get to you is catnip, right? That's why I came here. Catnip is a, is a plant. It's like an herb. Paprika is a spice. Sure. Those are almost the same thing. Uh-huh. Basically the um, same thing. You just, you know, they both go well on salads and yeah, and roast beef and stuff like that. But we can't do we can't do countries. Correct. Um, Hungary is here, but also Hungarian is. Ooh. And Hungarian takes me to Hungarian language. Oh, that is a different thing. Yeah. There's, and the only, I know like there's smoky paprika and there's Hungarian paprika. And I don't know what, I don't know what to click on. <laughs> I don't know if I want to, do I go to the Hungarian language or do I go to catnip? Oh my gosh. I'm kind of thinking Hungarian language, but then I'll be. St- oh, this is one of the most interesting st- this or that duck. choices I've but, heard in a while. But catnip, Sky? Or the I Hungarian know, but... language. I can't tell you what to do. You have to follow, you have to follow your heart. Uh, my heart? My heart says. Hmm. We'll be back for catnip, right? But I don't know anything about the Hungarian language, and it's probably, like, pretty dense. Yeah, I'd imagine. I'm going, I'm going catnip. Catnip. Oh, yeah. Catnips. Um, hey, guys. The creativity page, uh, surprisingly, not that great. Not very um, creative. 
No, it's... Uh, well, let me just put it to you this way. A uh, phenomenon whereby something new and valuable is formed, etc., etc., might be something intangible, such as an idea, scientific theory, a musical composition, or a joke, or a physical object, such as an invention, a printed literary work, or a painting. They don't say book for some reason there, and that's irking me. I don't know why. I just want to uh, say that the page on creativity has four images. Yeah. And none of them, or one of them, is of a work of art. Yes. The one other is clip one art. is clip art of a light bulb. Yeah. You know, because it's creative. Yeah. And, and one is Ooh. brain scans. And uh, I didn't see what the last one was. Oh, good. A training meeting. <laughs> yep. Hmm. Cool. Anyway, uh, I just have one bit here that I just to kind of tell you, just to set the stage for what this page really thinks it's about. Conceptual history. Most ancient cultures, including the thinkers of ancient Greece, ancient China, and ancient India, lacked the power or the concept of creativity. They lacked it. Uh, seeing art as a form of discovery and not of creation, according to this. What? How? What? How? How? Okay, How I'm just going to keep generalize? reading. No, 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 I'm going to keep reading. The ancient Greeks had no terms corresponding to create or creator, except for the expression uh, po- po- poene, uh, to make, which only applied to poetry and to the poets who made it. Plato did not believe in art as a form of creation. Asked in The Republic, uh, quote, will we say of a painter that he makes something? Uh, Plato answers, certainly not. He merely imitates, end quote. So, so according to, okay, according to the ancient Greeks, so, so what would, what would, what would the dick butt drawing be imitating? <laughs> so I want to point out one more thing, just one, one more thing that it, that it, that it goes, Okay. It's commonly argued that the notion of creativity originated in Western culture through, cre- through Christianity as a matter of divine inspiration. Great. According to the historian Daniel J. Borstein, the early, quote, the early Western conception of creativity was the biblical story of creation given in, in Genesis. End quote. Let's think about what word in there. there there's a word in there. Yeah. Genesis. That, that, that's, that's based on the Greek. That, hmm. That means creation. Hmm. That, hmm. So I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, according to them, no one earlier than the Greeks had the concept of creativity. <laughs> it just didn't exist. No one believed it. Who created creativity? Hey, y'all. It was a joke for a long time, but it isn't anymore. There's a conspiracy on Wikipedia. Anyway, tied to, tied to Greeks and Romans, the we have unearthed like it's just like no, everything's falling into place. Yeah, it's not it's like even once the you conspiracy. start seeing it, it just unravels. This is just the thing of people wanting to always be able to say Western civilization created everything that yep. that we wouldn't have things except for Western yeah, civilization. Creativity. And mm-hmm. screw you, it's not true. <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna move on because. This page has just proved to me that it's not really useful for anything. Um, there's the... Uh, and beyond which, 
there's not really great um oh by the way they quote a eugenicist real real soon after all that uh so um they by the way they uh they don't have uh any great like i don't know aside from that list right at the top of things that can be creative uh they kind of just forget about anything else that just des- describing anything else that could be creative instead focusing on the psycho uh psycho uh, uh psychological approaches to what creativity is uh i'm saying that in like bold and italics because that's what this page really wants you to th- just real, real focus, get real focused on. It's so heavy. Oh, there's intelligence. There's creativity as overlapping. Uh, creativity and intelligence as distinct constructs, but overlapping ones. Oh, there's neuroscience. You know what? I'm not going to bother. I'm the closest thing that I have here um, to food is these is this set of links at the top. An idea, a scientific theory, a musical composition or a joke an invention, a printed literary work, or a painting. Which of that? Which of the things in that list is closest to food, guys? A musical composition. That's kind of what I'm feeling too, but I... Ugh. <laughs> I'm clicking musical composition. Hot Pocket is a symphony. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, catnip. Uh, yeah. Nep- Nepita Cataria. Nepita Cataria. Catnip, Catswort, Catwort, Catmint. It's a plant. Uh, <laughs> Two thirds of cats go crazy about it. Um, Wait, it's also what? a popular ingredient. What? Yeah, you didn't know this? Only, Only... two thirds? Like it doesn't yeah. affect some cats? Yep. I didn't know that. In addition to its uses with cats, <laughs> uses, okay. <laughs> Catnip is a popular ingredient in herbal teas. And is valued for its sedative and relaxant properties. Um, yeah, we'll go right on to these talking about cats. Um, it contains a feline attractant, n- uh, nepitalic tone. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, we. I'm with you on it. They're known for their behavioral effects on the cat family, not only on domestic cats, but also other species. Several tests show that several tests just scientists just stu- stuffing just stuffing catnip into the noses of leopards, cougars, servals, and lynxes. Um, they're often often reacted strongly to catnip in a manner similar to, to domestic cats. While lions and tigers can react strongly as well, they do not react as consistently. Wow! That's cited four four times. So four different studies were done for that. What we what we didn't know is that those studies are actually uh, were actually put on by cats. <laughs> they're like these right. are, these big cats. They have to know what they're missing. Common behaviors cats display when they sense the bruised leaves or stems of catnip. <laughs> wow, uh, are rubbing on the plant, Did rolling on the ground, <laughs> pawing at it, licking it, and chewing it. <laughs> Consuming much of the plant is followed by drool. <laughs> by drooling sleepiness <laughs> anxiety oh no leaping about and purring <laughs> some growl meow scratch or bite at the hand holding it mm. uh the main response period exposure is after exposure is generally between 5 to 15 minutes after which olfa- olfactory fatigue usually sets in <laughs> the nose just gives <laughs> up 
It's like, I can't. I just can't. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, about one-third of them aren't. Uh, the behavior is hereditary. Um, there's other plants, too, that uh, that have this effect. Sure. Um, and then it's also an insect repellent. Is the other thing I want to mention. Oh, wow, really? On. Did not fly know. repellent. Yep. Um, it's actually more effective than DEET when it's not on the skin. So it's like, it's not effective when you like rub it on your skin, but like if the plant's there, it's pretty effective. Wow. Uh, paprika. It's not even. It's not a. It's a spice. Yes. Uh, I'm gonna click on herbal teas. Maybe get. That I just need to get to like right. herbs and spices. Yeah. So yeah. Herbal tea. So this page tea is was all... shit in it. Go ahead. Yep. This page is also not super helpful for me on this. Um, although, okay, uh, musical composition uh, is can refer to an original piece of music or work of music, either vocal or instrumental. The structure of a musical piece or the process of or creating or, or writing process of creating or writing a new a new piece of music. People who create compositions are called composers bum, bum, bum. but but composers of primarily songs are called songwriters uh and people who who write lyrics are lyricists sure I did, why would we it's just funny to me that they that they break that down i mean i guess but yeah i mean you can uh, you can you can just write up a bunch of lyrics and then go to someone and be like, hey, put music to this. <laughs> so, I mean, like, I can kind of see that. Like, you're not technically a songwriter if you made lyrics and had someone else write music. I mean, music. that's a fair point. Yeah, that's a fair point. You're just a poet that has a good sense of rhythm, maybe. <laughs> I, But I mean, like, mm, I, yeah, I guess. <laughs> okay, uh... There is a bit here that is about the different musical forms. Um, they have. I was I was hoping to get either some like like harmony style discussion or something like that that might be able to get me something toward other levels of creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, Just remember, <clears throat> we are heading toward paprika. Yeah. Oh no, I didn't forget. <laughs> <laughs> no, Tim. No, t- I-, I know. <laughs> it's just really tough <laughs> to get there without just. Anyway, um, they have uh, really the interesting things on here are about copyrights, and I, I guess they just have uh, the the one in India is kind of interesting. The India copyright in India, the Copyright Act, nineteen fifty seven prevailed for original literary, dramatic, musical, and artistic work until the Copyright Act in 84 was introduced. Under the amended act, a new definition has been provided for musical work, which states, musical work means a work consisting of music and any graphical notation of such work, but does not include the words or any action intended to be sung, performed, or or spoken with the music. So, like, you can copyright the song and the notation, but not the words. Weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Jeez. Oh, so we've got operas in here. We've got musicals. I'm trying to think of one that will get me. Are are there operas about about spice? spices? 
Are there Fox musicals Spice about Spice? Sp- Ooh. Hmm. What's that? Are there musicals about Spice? Yeah, that's also what I'm thinking. You Why hasn't there music- been a musical about cooking? I'm clicking musical theater. Okay. Uh, I'm Tim. I'm just I'm grasping at thra- straws here, at yeah. thraws too, which you know. Right. Wow. <laughs> okay, herbal tea. Sky um, shows a yeah. nice picture of a of of a bunch of lawn clippings in in a, in some water. Yep, it's pretty. Uh, less commonly known as tis- tisanes. Oh, can't Tassans. imagine why they is that what it is yeah tassans are great tassans. i drink them all the time they're herbal teas yeah uh they're beverages made from the infusion or decoc decoction <laughs> that doesn't sound like what it is mm. decoction of herbs <laughs> spices or other plant material in hot water <laughs> the term herbal tea is often used in contrast to true teas oh uh, e.g black green yellow white yeah yellow. uh Listen, listen. Being someone who drinks only herbal teas, it's a it's a problem, you guys. <laughs> Those are prepared with the cured leaves of the tea plant. Do you Camellia sinaeus? Do you get Do you get like intimidated by true tea drinkers? No, it's not even that. It's just that whenever I go to get tea, everyone's like, "Oh, we have there's a green tea and there's a black tea." And I was like, "No, I'm sorry. I would like an herbal tea." And they're like, "Well, we have." mint yes and that's it and it usually usually it's either just mint or sometimes they'll have chamomile in which case i you know i'm like no i don't want to go to sleep right now Mm -hmm. (laughs) i just i would just like a hot drink please speaking of going to sleep besides coffee and true teas they are also available decaffeinated so basically, like, you have, you have no reason not to drink these true teas, is what not, this page is saying. Most not, other... Not true. What okay, are they called? Tisanes? Tisan. Tisan. Sorry. <laughs> I'm really not doing that for... It's Most okay. other tisans do not contain caffeine. Um, So it talks about the Camellius sinensis, the, the tea plant, has been grown <laughs> for 5,000 years. The plant is a member of the family Tiasicae. Sure. Its origins date back to China and Southeast Asia. Hey. According to ancient Chinese legend, the drink was made accidentally by King by King Sen, uh, Shen Nong around 2700 BCE. Despite the legend, okay, that's all that the let. Okay, that's a legend. <laughs> that's all you're that's gonna a, give that's me. It. Yep. Despite uh, the legend, it's documented that the Chinese have been using herbal tea as a medicine dating back to around 2000 years ago. The habitual consumption of tea grew in Asia and eventually European explorers brought it home to Europe where they actually started to creatively, I guess, flavor them because there was never any creativity before this. So like they didn't, they must've not like, you know, it just threw it out thought to like try to add different stuff to their teas. They must've just like, they just thrown it on there, imitating, yeah. you know, imitating, not creating, um, don't know how they did it without creativity. Uh, it, it's weird, right? Tea, it's weird. Herbal tea then became a staple in British and Irish culture during this during that time. Um, tea is widely consumed all over the world today. That's cited. <laughs> just mm-hmm. state, just statement, flat. 
Yep. Um, there's a bunch of health risks here. Uh, some herbs Wait, have toxic or allergic effects. Oh. Among the greatest causes of concerns are, are comfrey, which, man, that sounds like something I want in my tea <laughs> at a, a long day. It's comfrey, uh, which contains alkaloids that may be harmful to the liver. And then there's lobelia, which contains alkaloids and has traditional medicine uses for smoking cessation. Cessation? Cessation. You okay? I'm bad. I'm off tonight. May cause nausea, vomiting, or dizziness at high doses. The U.S. does not require herbal teas to have any evidence concerning their efficacy, but does treat them technically as food products and require that they be safe for consumption. Sure. Great. Um, cool. That's pretty much the thing. There's major variety. Oh, there's a whole list of major varieties here. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. There, mint is here, though. Dill oh, tea. Kyle. Oh, I've not, I have, I haven't had it, but there's a, there's a place I go occasionally in Pittsburgh. Um, oh, they're probably closed right now, but they, it, it is on their list of, of, uh, different herbal teas. Mm. I'm going to click on spices. Fantastic. Cause this is just a terrible page. <laughs> I'd rather. Musical it's not theater terrible. is terrible. How dare you, sir? It's not terrible. It's just not helpful here <laughs> let's for what i need tonight not great um all right i'm just gonna musical theater form of theater performance that combines songs dialogue acting and dance the story and emotional content of a musical humor pathos love anger are communicated through words music movement and technical aspects of the entertainment as an integrated whole uh although Musical theater overlaps with other theatrical forms like opera and dance. It may be distinguished by the equal importance given to the music as compared to the dialogue, movement, and other elements. Since the early 20th century, musical theater stage works have been generally called simply musicals. No citation to that. Just, uh, they're just saying that early, you know, that's, haven't done it since earlier than that. Just uh, And uh, again, um, man, I would just love to point this out. They talk about, you know, Eastern traditions, quote unquote, uh, that include music such as Chinese opera, Taiwanese opera, Japanese no, and uh, Indian musical theater. But you know what? They just, ah, they just can't help themselves. One paragraph after that, uh, the early antecedents of musical theater in, you know, in the history section, uh, just the early antecedents of all musical theater, it says, the antecedents of musical theater in Europe can be traced back to the ancient to the theater of ancient Greece, where music and dance were included in stage comedies and tragedies during the 5th century BCE. They went out of their way to specify that it's just musical theater in Europe that Greece is the antecedent of. But it's important enough to note that it's just that they have to say it. Anyway. Yeah. China and and Taiwan and and Japan are not mentioned anywhere in that section of the, you know the history section. Mm. It's those are just listed in Eastern tra- traditions and other forms. Wow. Yep. Anyway, uh, I would like to mention here uh, one other fun part of this page. Where did I find that? Hang on one second. Okay. Uh, musical theater. 
Musicals usually avoid certain operatic conventions in particular. A musical is almost always performed in the language of the audience. Musicals performed on Broadway or in West End are invariably sung, sung in English, even they were if they were written in another language. Um, all right. While an opera singer is a singer primarily and only secondarily an actor or rarely, and rarely needs to dance in parens, uh, a music, that's a great joke. A musical theater performer is often an actor, but first must also be a singer and dancer. Someone who is equally accomplished in all three is referred to as a, quote, triple threat, end quote. That's not cited, but it's there, and I like that it's there. <laughs> hmm. they, they just, you know, according to whoever wrote this page, that's a real thing that everyone, that everyone just knows. Like, oh, if you say, oh, yeah, they use a triple threat. And like, oh, yeah, they, uh, that means that they're equally good at music, uh, singing, dancing, and acting. You just know that. Everyone does. Um, speaking of Japan. Sure. I'd like you to know that there have been 29 Sailor Moon musicals. Oh, I've seen. There's a Twitter feed that live tweets them. Yep. Spanning it's 13 good. years. Uh, it also talks about the all-female wow. uh, Takarazuka Review. Okay. Which has done plenty of shows, famous, um, famous adaptations, but have also done... Two Phoenix Wright musicals. Oh, of course they have. Which I oh boy should really see sometime. How would that go? How would that even work? I mm. anyway. So I don't even know where I I'm, I would even want to click with this. This page goes everywhere from the Great Depression to Adele. So <laughs> sure, you know. And I, I am saying that those are, are two opposite ends of the spec of a, of a spectrum. Um, oh goodness! I mean, I know you're at Spice, so I'm probably just clicking randomly, and it and it would be fine. Mm-hmm. You know what? I am just going to click randomly. I there's corporate musicals here, and I'm clicking that. Ooh, yeah, corporate musicals. Ooh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You don't All know right. about corporate musicals, do you? You don't. You will. Oh, we do. We watched a documentary yes. on them. We absolutely right. did. I recommend seeing it, Kyle. What uh, was it called? Bathtubs Over Broadway. What? Yeah. Yep. It's on Netflix, and I recommend it. So here's the thing. Here's the here's the thing, Kyle. Okay. The best part about it is it's not a documentary about the musicals okay it's a a documentary about the man who is obsessed with collecting the musicals it's very good and he's like wasn't he a writer on conan he was he was a writer on uh letterman letterman yeah yeah, david letterman Mm -hmm. and he's also not the only one who collects these things no yeah he runs into like his like rivals slash like fellow companions i think i think good. one of them is like uh is uh, i think it's the singer from the dead kennedys uh, yeah i think you're right yeah yeah or or one of the one of the performers from the dead kennedys at least mm-hmm. it's a very interesting documentary and and i do recommend it to everyone who's listening it is available on netflix what bathtubs what over I'm broadway sorry, i'm looking these up i'm looking these up what is happening mm-hmm. uh spice it's a seed fruit 
root, bark, or other plant substance primarily used in flavoring, coloring, or preserving food. Spices are distinguished from herbs, which are the leaves, flowers, or stems of plants used for flavoring. Uh, many spices have uh, antimicrobial properties, which may explain why spices are more prominent in cuisines originating in warmer climates, where food spoilage is more likely, and why the use of spices is more common with meat, which is particularly susceptible to spoiling. Uh, spices are sometimes used in medicine, religious rituals, cosmetics, or perfume production. Examples needed. Uh, <laughs> early history. The spice trade developed through the Indian subcontinent and Great. mid Middle East by the earliest uh, 2000 BCE with cinnamon and black pepper. Those are the OGs, uh, <laughs> and the East A- Asia with uh, and in East Asia with herbs and pepper. Um, so wait, the spice trade with herbs? They're just saying they're not spices. Mm. Yeah. The Egyptians used herbs for mummification, and their demand for exotic spices and herbs helped stimulate world trade. Sure. Uh, the word spice comes from the old French word espice. Mm. <laughs> That's how French words are pronounced. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> Which became... <laughs> and which came from the Latin word root spec, which which just means very small. No, I mean the noun referring to appearance, um, sort, kind, species has the same root. By 1000 BCE, medical systems based upon herbs could be found in China, Korea, and India. Earlier uses were connected with uh, early uses were connected with magic, medicine, religion, tradition, and preservation. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Then cloves showed up in Mesopotamia <laughs> in 1700 BCE. Uh, the ancient uh, Indian epic Ramayana <laughs> mentions cloves. The Romans had cloves in the first century CE, as Pliny the Elder wrote about them and told them to stuff them up your nose and it would cure cancer. <laughs> sure. Uh, sure. Uh, let's see. Historians believe that nutmeg, which originates from the Banda Islands in Southeast Asia was introduced to Europe in the 6th century BCE. That's oh my gosh, exciting! Uh, spices, <laughs> a, little, a wild they, they time. They were all all about them in the Middle Ages. Uh, sure, every, lots of stuff. Uh, handling a spice may be available in several forms: fresh, whole dried, or pre ground dried. That's also also me. <laughs> like that's the three <laughs> states. Take yourself. <laughs> Depending on the day, fresh, whole dried, or pre-ground dried. <laughs> Generally, spices are dried. Spices may be ground into a powder for convenience. Yada, yada, yada. To grind a whole spice, the classic tool is mortar and pestle. Yeah. Uh, da, 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 salmonella contamination, uh, whatever, standardization, research. <laughs> the Indian Institute of Spices Research is a thing. It's devoted exclusively to conducting research for 10 spice crops. Uh, black pepper cardamom cinnamon clove Gar- garciana never heard that ginger mm-hmm. nutmeg paprika oh thank pe- god <laughs> turmeric and vanilla T- paprika is not linked what <laughs> yeah i think it's up farther though let me see oh and nutrition yeah they say it's, that it's there don't a worry a teaspoon of paprika contains about 100 or 1133 iu of vitamin a mm-hmm. which oh, wow. is over 20 percent of the recommended daily allowance Wow, that's a damn! Lot. I didn't realize just just mainline that, that paprika. So, that spice just, is so spicy. Just snort a line of it. All right, yeah, I click on it and it takes me to paprika. 
Yeah. Oh, thank God. Okay, so you <laughs> technically won, Sky, but Kyle, yeah. you went to Industrial Musical. I'm yeah. going to sit back. Your journey <laughs> came to a delicious end. Oh my gosh, you guys. An Industrial Musical is a musical performed, performed internally for the employees or shareholders of a business to create or uh, create a feeling of being part of a team to entertain and slash or. Yeah. Very important and or there. It could be either one. It can't be both. Uh, or both. Uh, we, need to to do, and, we need to do at least one of these things is what they say around the table. And motivate the management and salespeople to improve the sales and profits. Can be used to create to increase staff awareness of public relations, advertising, marketing, or corporate image. Guys, guys. <clears throat> Industrial musicals are not restricted to corporations or to businesses involved in industry. The fair, right? Okay. They should not be confused with industrial music <laughs> or with musicals produced by businesses to be seen by the general public. I love this pick. For example, Disney's stage production of The Lion King. <laughs> it's just, that's just right out there. Anyway, uh, they they don't have like a list of the first one, but uh, early, early 20th century examples include of these, oh my gosh, how do I even, uh, okay, I've got to take a step back. Uh, uh, industrial musicals originated from company songs, anthems, and jingles for promoting enthusiastic enthusiasm among workers. The songs were brought in by management. Management did this mm-hmm. as opposed to worker-created work songs, which is a thing. Um, internal musical groups could be formed to encourage company loyalty. What? Wait. So that means that, like... Companies just had musical groups in just in there, like you just had that. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep com- keep employees happy and to help advertising advertise the company to the public. Early twentieth century examples include Sky. You want to take a guess as to what what company they they suggest has an internal song songbook? Uh, Chevy, IBM. IBM. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the songs of the IBM, which is what the internal songbook is called. I mean, that just doesn't sound right from the no. start. <laughs> no. And the Larkin Soap Company, which organized community singing and had a women's drum corps, an orchestra, a ukulele club, and daily recitals on a pipe organ. That is not cited, but I really wish it was. So, so Kyle, just imagine that you have access to great talent in composition and performance sure that the people that you hire for this some of them would go on to actually do real broadway stuff oh boy and you have them create this musical for your company Uh and it's only ever going to be performed once oh my gosh I mean, why I would you why wouldn't you? Like absolutely would do this. But you would still have the budget to make it like a grand <laughs> spectacle. And to the point that according to this, like sometimes they brought in shows could have as many as thirty people in the cast in a sixty piece orchestra. Yeah. Uh composer Hank B Beeb, that's a great name, uh estimates that the nineteen fifty seven Chevrolet musical was budgeted at more than Three million dollars, 
because it took because it cost six times the amount it took to bring my fair lady to the stage. Yep, they were spending more money on these productions than actual Broadway was spending on theirs. General Electric, with their with their industrial uh, musical "Go Fly a Kite," uh, had a they the complete score was was issued on a two LP set that was given to GE employees. What? <laughs> Just like I, uh, what? I, I gotta, I, the rest of my night is gonna be ju- me just like watching these now. Oh, wait, watch, so, watch that documentary. Like, seriously. I'm telling you, documentary has a ton of them in it. It's, mm. Mm-hmm. So, um, I just wanna read some of these titles, cause they're, uh, uh, amazing. Please do. Uh, The Mighty O from Oldsmobile. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yep. Uh, 1000 and dash one. From Oldsmobile. This is Oldsmobility. Um, the, uh, the grip of leadership from Coca-Cola. Oh, you, you missed, you missed good news about Olds, which is my (laughs) favorite, which is my favorite Modest Mouse album. Oh yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, Take It From Here by Xerox. This is the year that is from Plymouth, Chrysler, and Imperial. Um, the Wonderful World of Chemistry from E.I. DuPont, of course. Uh, Denimores and company. Um, say Diesel it, Kyle. Dazzle. Yeah, say it again. What? Diesel Dazzle? Yeah. From General Motors. <laughs> the, the, the bathrooms are coming. Yep. Yes. And if if you want to go to the chat right now, Kyle, I've left you a present. It's a song it. called My Bathroom from the from musical The Bathrooms, the Bathrooms are, coming. are Coming. Oh my gosh. Got to investigate silicones. General Electric. <laughs> I like in parentheses about silicones. <laughs> Thanks, Wikipedia. Whoo! <laughs> <laughs> well, that was you know, so. you know what, Sky? Congratulations for winning. You too. Thank yep. you. Oh. Oh boy. Oh boy. This is going to be a. It's going to be an evening. I'll tell you what. <laughs> All right. So yeah, congrats, Sky. Very good job. <laughs> Thanks. Is there anything you want to say about paprika? Ground Scott. spice from dried red fruits of sweeter varieties of the plant, Capsium annuum. How is it pronounced? Don't know. Oh, pap- it's paprika. Oh, okay. I thought it we were should... just joking. No, it says it, it should. Yes, I'm sorry. Pa- paprika. Paprika. <laughs> paprika. It can range it's from mild to hot. Uh, ooh, the noble sweet paprika. Oh, wow. Slightly pungent. Special quality, the mildest. <laughs> Rose, with a strong aroma and mild pungency. So that makes me think of Semi, that it's like... Semi-sweet. is <laughs> <laughs> what you use to make cookies. Yeah. A blend of mild and pungent paprikas. Medium mm. pungency. Strong Eros. <laughs> the hottest paprika. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, that's all I got. <laughs> yep. 
cool. That's all we need. Oh, what made you what made you pick these pages? Uh I was just I was just rambling around and I found the, the <laughs> Timothy Dexter one and I'm like, oh that's kind of interesting. This guy's a doofus. And then yeah. I searched around for it and I ended up on Paprika and I'm like Paprika sounds like a that's like I wanted to go from like a person who was bad ideas to something that was kind of a good idea. Yeah. And I'm like, paprika is like one of the most good idea spices in my mind. Mm. Mm. Fair enough. It is It is one of my favorite spices. It's a good spice. Mm-hmm. It's a good spice. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's the story. There's nothing else special. Like, that's it. Uh, cool. So yep, congrats, guy. Well done. <laughs> uh, yeah, so if you would like to hear more of these thrilling races uh we have plenty more episodes available <laughs> on our website uh wskbcast.blogspot.com as well as anywhere you can find uh most uh podcasts you can also find us on facebook at we should know better and on twitter at wskbcast uh if you'd like to leave us a review please feel free to do so we love that um oh man that just reminded me of the cheese oh my bar <laughs> you guys yeah what wiki slash hungarian language hungarian words in english the english word best known as being hungarian origin is probably paprika (laughs) it's linked oh you could have i thought it was a style i didn't realize paprika was hungarian oh i didn't know that either i thought it was like a specific kind of hungarian but if you had clicked that we never would have reached industrial musicals that's true. That's true. So you it's know so. what? We're lucky. It's yeah, the road we took agreed. to get here. Good, good, good. Uh, is there anything Wait, either of you would like to add before we head out? No, I'm just gonna. No. I'm gonna just watch these videos for a while. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh you, yeah. You enjoy I also yourself. sent you another. I, yeah, I also sent you another uh, video of cheetahs chirping because it's very. cute. I did I'm see sorry. it. And it was very. It's much more bird-like, and I appreciate that. Yeah, it's it's adorable. Sorry. All right, then. Well. Cool. uh, Everyone, have a good night. Uh, Believe in your ideas. (laughs) You know, you might might invent the next paprika. Believe the ideas that people give you to ruin you, (laughs) apparently. (laughs) Or just follow. Yeah, just go head head first right in there. Just bam. Yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah. Pretend that you're dead for your loved ones to see how they react and retaliate if they don't act as you'd expect. Sure, sure. Um, and add several pages of punctuation at the end of anything you write, just in case people want to use those. I mean, that's a safe bet, regardless. Yep. All right, everyone. Uh, Have after, a good night. Actually, after oh yeah, yeah and after we do the, the stinger for this episode is just going to be like us saying like period quote uh, question mark you know period period exclamation point period period it, qu- comma interrobang. Ooh, but only one of those. Only you one. Can only get, you, you can only get away with it's, one. It's like a spice. You got to use it sparingly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Good night, everyone. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> We're watching Pokemon Journeys. Oh, boy. Which is all over the place. Uh, 
I feel like as far as quality wise. Sure. But it's like one of the more decent Pokemon series I've seen. Sure. Except one weird thing yeah. is that Go is a is a trainer. Yeah. Um and it's obvious that they're trying to like, hey, you people that play Pokemon Go, like this is how it is. Yeah. And he's all about catching Pokemon, not battling Pokemon. <laughs> and so all he does is like he'll see a Pokemon and be like, "Hey, Italo, I want to catch it." And then he just throws a Pokeball at it, and Italo's like, "What the fuck?" And then just gets caught. <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, I got a Talo." And the Pokedex is like, "Talo, the tail Pokemon. This bird uh, eats eats bugs." Great. And then they'll be like, "Great, yeah, Talo." And, like, there's just no... it's You'd think it would be better, right? Because they're not beating each other up before they catch them. But it's worse because it's just, like... (laughs) There's no narrative. There's no... Well, there's no narrative and there's no, like... Okay, they're, like, you know, they're squaring off. Like, you know, it it puts up a fighting chance. There's no... Yeah, and there also is no narrative around, like, you know, why, you know, why why, maybe it's a good thing that they catch this thing. And I know that's, like, essentially propaganda. Right. But, like... Just seeing it so like blatantly like, <laughs> just catch oh, the just thing. Out there. Yeah, yeah. Does, it's it's weird. Do they do they like actually interact with the Pokemon after they catch them, or do they just send them to a professor? Only and... some of them. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Most of them just get put in the bank. Bye. At least they don't like grind them into give candy. them to the the professor yeah yeah what's interesting is every every so far like every episode has been in a different region so oh, just like wow. a little tour around that's a cute idea uh, i don't know how long that can last but well yeah eight times pokemon eight times. carmen san diego 